0: We all know the damage that fires are capable of. What we don't always understand is the cause, behavior, and what to do in the aftermath of a fire. Today, you'll understand these aspects just a little bit more. Welcome to Speaking of Fire with Mike Schlattman and Donna Ingram. We will give you tips on fire prevention, how to deal with insurance matters, and more. Now, here are your hosts, Donna and Mike.
1: Hello, and welcome to Speaking of Fire. This is your host, Mike Slatman. I've got uh, 45 years' experience as an expert in fire investigations, and I was honored to be the president of the International Association of Arson Investigators.
2: And this is Donna Ingram. I have almost 30 years' experience in insurance fraud and fire. And welcome to Speaking of Fire.
1: Thank you. And uh, we have some people uh, today we're honored to have, uh, Rod Ammon from Stonehouse Media, uh, who is uh, who is responsible for our CFITrainer.net uh, website. Uh, he's done all of those videos and things, and we're going to talk to him in a moment. And in, in the studio is Mark Sweeney. The, um, he's the fire marshal of the uh, city of Overland Park, uh, Kansas, and Jason Rhodes, uh, who is the um, uh, he by the way, he has a broadcast journalism degree, so he's going to show us up really bad <laughs> and he's our, our our training center and serves as a public information officer uh, rod uh let me tell let me tell something of a little bit about you uh for the uh, Listening audience, but really, I'd really like you to tell them most about your background. But uh, you're the president of Stonehouse Media, and you've got over 25 years in uh, experience in in television and uh, interactive media and online marketing. And um, you've done you've won numerous awards and uh, on on high definition video. and And also, you're the uh, the main. Uh, Production person behind CFI uh, net is that correct?
3: Yeah, that's correct, Mike.
1: Yeah, and, uh, and you start out as a commercial photographer, which I, I think is really interesting, and then uh, in 95 you started Stonehouse. How did you get uh, involved in, in, in this type of uh, media training? I mean, training for fire and uh, police and, and, well, the general public, I imagine.
3: Well, first of all, Mike, you make me sound a whole lot more impressive than I uh, feel myself, but uh, just very, very lucky to get to do what we do. Um, The history is, you know, back about, oh, God, I hate to say it, but probably around 20 years ago, uh, we got a phone call from an insurance company, which at the time was called American Reinsurance, and uh, they were in contact with folks from the ATF and I think the USFA and and a bunch of other partners, and they, they had been looking for a way to help the current administration deal with church fires. Um, Basically, there was an issue in the country. Um, Churches were burning, and the investigations that were happening were not being done up to the snuff that uh, a lot of people in the industry felt. So they wanted to get better education out there to fire investigators across the country, and they didn't know how. Uh, They went down and saw the Army Corps of Engineers, talked to them about different technology solutions. They got sent over to SGI Studios. And they started thinking about doing a virtual reality piece that would allow fire investigators to, uh, you know, basically go through an investigation without having to burn a house every time uh, to do so, and 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 thereby, you know, having them learn more thoroughly. Uh, the problem with that was distribution; they couldn't get all the fire investigators to come to Florida to the SGI studio. So they started looking around and saying, you know, hey, how could we get something out to people? And that's when we got a call um, people knew that we were playing around and uh, we were doing video production but we were also getting involved in electronic media and we had done some things with virtual reality basically some associates of ours uh, a gentleman named Pat Corbett had said to me you know there's some pretty cool things with this QuickTime virtual reality that people are using in real estate and I said you know that'd be a good application and uh, when we got the call from American Re and ATF and They said, you know, this is what we want to do. We want to get fire investigators into an actual fire. We said, well, maybe we could do that. Maybe we could do that on a CD-ROM and a computer uh, on a laptop or a PC. And and everybody was like, wow, that would be really cool. And zoom ahead, months ahead, after long hours and days of uh, design and writing and, and trying to figure out how to create an actual fire And a fire investigation that would teach investigators many of the things that they need to learn. Um, We got to a location in the Northeast and prepared for an actual fire scene. We had uh, about 90 people that were up there, crew and actors and content experts and ATF agents and people from USFA and NFPA and IAAI and all the alphabets, and uh, (laughs) we brought in six uh, crews, video crews, and two virtual reality crews, and then staged this entire scene um, that was actually on a cul-de-sac where a fire was to occur. The witnesses uh, were actually actors that we hired. We didn't teach them lines. We told them who they were. So the lady down the street who happened to drink a few too many cocktails, you know, and like to lean against a tree, just happened to be there that day and. The paper girl who went by the house and uh, saw things happen, you know, was was also an actor, but she didn't know it was going to happen.
1: And then all of a sudden,
3: this fire starts to happen.
1: Now, I'd ask you a question. The the gal that you, that was where Ender Fire came from, right? Yes. And that was, and so you can tell them in a moment about how how that was distributed, but I just wondered, the the gal that was leaning against the tree, that wasn't one of my ex-wives, was it?
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, i just i just wanted to ask
3: i, I certainly hope not I, I didn't recognize the name
1: okay well all right what's well, so, up i'm sorry did, did did you want to say something? I did. <laughs> that's all right Dada, Dada, Dada to say. i'm gonna
2: go ahead and turn the ship back around rod <laughs> when you were doing this is this web-based was this internet-based or where was the internet at this point
3: Yeah, that's a good question. Um, The Internet was, you know, for this type of training, not usable. Um, At the time, you know, we were looking at different compressions, uh, video compressions and things to be able to put, uh, you know, something that was photorealistic online or at least a high-quality video, and it just wasn't happening. Um, You know, broadband wasn't in a lot of places, and and forget it when it comes to fire stations. So uh, we had to do the majority of the work on the CD-ROM, But we planned uh, the distribution so that the CD-ROM, later on, some of its content could become a website, which became a a leading source of information out there for fire investigators. So, you know, we rolled up there, the fire happened. uh, Everybody did their thing. The fire department came in and put it out and the investigation began and we recorded all the different processes and then basically put together this CD-ROM, which recreated the scene so that fire investigators could, as talked about before, go to their desktop and uh, work the scene just like any other.
2: I think and, I uh, have one of those. And yeah. uh, what's, what's the going rate? Right?
3: <laughs> I'm sorry?
2: <laughs> what's the going rate right for the historic CD? Because I do yeah, have one of those. Yeah, it's interesting you
3: say that because... Uh, I think Linda's probably listening at our office and, uh, you know, we still get orders from people and we have to say to them, look, you know, we're going to send you some of the copies, but this isn't funded anymore. The amazing thing about it is it still runs on Windows 10. Um, (laughs) Oh, wow. So so we get surprised. It is sort of funny when you look at it on your computer. It looks like a postage stamp in the middle of the screen because the resolution is so low. (laughs) But that's how we got in. Um, but Interfire, when,
1: how, did, how did you get it out? I mean, it was by a, was it grant funded by a grant?
3: Um, that's a good question. It, basically, there was partnerships involved. So American Reinsurance, that's sort of a funny thing, said, you know, we'll help out. We'll take care of all the ancillary costs around, you know, the meetings and, and all of that. And uh, the ATF funded this um through during the clinton administration because again uh the church fires they wanted to do some rapid investigation and 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 do a lot of things to improve fire investigation training mm-hmm. so it was government funded uh for the most part what american reinsurance didn't expect was probably the quarter million dollars worth of expenses related to uh all the ancillary costs that were around the production it was uh, it was a pretty big deal and uh, a lot of people did did wonderful things to make that happen.
2: Yeah, but look at the foundation it has built. I mean, my goodness.
1: Yes. Yeah, so, well, fact there, the with your experience from that? And I, I know we talked about it earlier, Rod. That that uh, one of the one of the things that you guys had to decide is how long you wanted it to burn,
3: right? Well, that was yeah, sort of a funny story. Um, you know, at every fire scene when you do a training. Um, Somebody has to get the call. You know, when are we going to put it out? So there were decisions that had to be made. First of all, we needed to make sure there was still a house to investigate. Uh, The safety officer who, you know, had to call the fire basically to make sure that, you know, people were were safe when we were doing things. Um, So, and and meanwhile, you're surrounded by a lot of firefighters and other experts that all want to have part in when do we put out this fire. And as you can imagine, people are more excited about throwing logs on a fire than they are um, putting it out with water. So as this fire starts to rip and the front window, breaks and the glass falls out front and the flames are licking up the front, you know, pretty quickly the safety officer calls the fire. And we had what we needed because really for an investigator, a lot of times they will come into a structure that, uh, you know, a lot of the structure is left. But a lot of the folks that were investigators, I remember, were there. Just like, oh my God, I can't believe we called it that soon. I can't believe we called it that <laughs> soon. And, and mm-hmm. they were uh, they were all arguing in a garage, I think, off site because we had to go in and record what was actually happening to the scene.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, and, and it was a wonderful. Uh, it was, it was it was sort of like did, was that your introduction mm-hmm. then to is is uh, is cfi trainer dot net uh, uh, is that a um, an outgrowth of, of that experience
3: then? Yeah, the, um, I think part of what, when, when they launched Interfire VR, um, they made a big deal about it. Uh, matter of fact, we went to the Capitol and I think Senator Orrin Hatch and, uh, all kinds of people were involved in, in, you know, being part of this Steve Austin, who everyone knows has done so much to make the fire service stronger. Uh, was a big part in making all of that happen and get and get publicized. After the success of that uh, program, we actually, uh, the, the group that was involved, the content experts and the program itself, won the Silver Hammer Award for uh, reinventing government. So I think we got a lot of attention from that. And then, oh, I don't remember. It, it was years down the road. Um, we did more work with the ATF. We did some work in... Uh, you know, figuring out how to get rid of explosives because unbeknownst to a lot of people, there's unexploded explosives that are around the country and fire departments and others need to know how to deal with that. So the ATF, we did a thing called advanced explosive disposal training and we did another one on post blast, uh, which was close to, uh, interfire VR as far as how it was built. And then I got a phone call, um, while we were, while we had sort of failed at, at getting a medical education uh, network up. And, you know, it's funny how timing happens, but we got a phone call from, I think it was Steve Austin. As a matter of fact, I know it was. And he said to me, uh, there's some people talking about doing online learning, you know, teaching people online. Do you know anything about that? And I said, it's funny you mentioned it. We built this whole software platform, and uh, our medical partners aren't, Quite coming through, but we'd be, you know, love to do something. So that was the beginning of the IAAI and David Sneed and some other people uh, getting out there and looking for funding through the FIRE grant. And uh, a year later, John Jones and myself and uh, Kirk Hankins and, and a bunch of other folks started to fire up uh, different different pieces on CFI And Rod, I
2: know you're. Are you doing the other trainings also in addition to cfi-trainer.net like you were saying, talking about uh, explosive disposal? Are you still doing those?
3: We don't do much with explosives um, anymore. That was a lot of fun, too, as, as horrifying as it sounds. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a very interesting field. But, but, no, most of the work that we're doing now related to fire is in either health and safety, Um, with the National Fallen Firefighters Foundation, or we're also getting involved in roadway safety, which is another program that Steve Austin had fired up, and that's really talking to the fire service and other responders who go out there on the highways to uh, help all of us, you know, when they're dealing with accidents and uh, injuries and fatalities and and how to keep Mm -hmm. themselves safe and uh, most effective in their response.
2: I, I like bombs too. By the way, I remember going out to one, and and I still have the T-shirt that on the back it says, "I'm a bomb technician. If you see me running, try to keep up." <laughs> That's
3: right. It is well, an the, amazing thing when you're in a range and you have yeah, your well, first yes. explosive go off nearby, and your chest gets this thump. Uh, it's I don't know yeah, it's yes. invigorating. But,
1: Anyway, so what I what I think is uh, is is great is next. Well, you couldn't have done that better for us because next week we're going to have a a a, a show, uh, and it's called bomb explosion identification and fire testing, and so that's going to be next week. But um, I wanted to I wanted to I know that you do modules uh, investigation modules. In fact, uh, I've, uh, now I wanted to talk to you about when when we did this interviewing one uh, why did you shoot the back of my head there, where it's all that bald spot is well what we were told do? that was the best side uh, yeah, went, yeah. <laughs> and it worked and, he
2: is a brilliant <laughs> man.
3: yes he is you're brilliant. an excellent interviewer
1: oh thank because. you I, I like the uh, the actors they, they hire these great actors okay and we had this guy that was playing like Vinny the guy on you know the the organized crime guy you know only he wasn't he was subdued and uh, he was great. Do you remember him, uh, Rod? Yeah. <laughs> he was great. And, that, and I would throw him a curve, and he was, yeah, well, you know, it's one of them things, you know. And uh, it, I, I thought you guys did a wonderful job. And, and I, I still, well, for anybody that's not, uh, that's any firefighter or, or police person that is not familiar with it, net gives you, what is it now, 40 uh, different classes you can take for free I yeah, entered. I think it's closer to 60. Is it 60? I, I didn't know. see, it goes to show you, you know, that uh, I need some more.
2: I'm going to guess Mark and Jason also participate in CFI Trainers.
4: I definitely do. Uh, this is Mark. Uh, and everybody on our departments at Fire investigator has been in the programs and, and love it. I mean, and love the way they update them and keep everybody interacting and and just uh, keep up the great work. Well, if it wasn't well, for... thank you. For, for Rod
1: and, and Kirk Hankins, who's on the steering committee, yeah, I mean that's what makes it flow. Yeah. Uh, Jason, are you um, are you familiar with CFI training? You no, know, I apologize, I'm not. Yeah, well, that's okay. Well, see now, Jason is a, is a got a degree in broadcast journalism, and what he does is he uh, he actually is uh, is very astute. He's a cameraman too for 20 years, and and so. Uh, uh, maybe he can do something about my face. Is there a possibility? <laughs> we have some filters. <laughs> yeah, you have some filters. If you got, a, hey, how about a live Paul Newman one? Well, that would be we'll good. A live, not absolutely. the dead guy. Okay. Because yeah, I loved him. Yeah. I loved him, but he doesn't look good now.
2: Now, CFITrainer.net, uh, Rod, thank you for that. That it, If if anyone's out there and does not, if you're if you're a firefighter, if you're interested in fire investigations, if you're... Fire Marshal, of course, uh, you need to be on there. It's free. Uh, you take the modules. You become a member of the IAAI. You're the no, but you should.
1: You should, yes. <laughs> Thank you. Says the membership chairman of the exactly. IAAI. Says, <laughs> Thank uh, you
2: very much. Join us yes. $8.33 a month. And it's worth actually being a member of the IAAI will get you access to NASP trainings also through CFI Trainer. Ah. Correct.
3: Okay, yeah. Well, right. CFI trainers actually open to anybody in fire investigation, right? And that's been because of the fact that you know the IWI and our you know have been lucky enough to have the funding coming through the fire grant program.
1: Right. Yes. By the way, that's coming up again for renewal, is it not? I mean, uh, CFSI dinner, the Congressional Fire Service Institute dinner, is coming up, and that's where the where the fire service goes to Washington and lobbies the. Uh, politicians uh, we're hoping that they'll they'll talk about funding the fire grant because uh, CFI trainer is one part of that mm-hmm. um, and it needs to be funded um, God knows that the fire departments certainly need the support of the of the government um, and uh, also uh, there's you know CFI trainer wouldn't exist if it wasn't for the fire grant and we and they wouldn't be free um, how many countries you Have signed on to that, uh, Rod?
3: You know, I think I think there's over 120 countries that actually tap into it. While the program is designed for the United States, um, there's a lot of other people because it's on the internet that just happen to be uh, taking advantage of the leadership that the U.S. provides. um, You know, here, if I if I can give you one quick pitch, Mike. Sure, go ahead. I think it might be of interest to people. I'm sitting here staring at the console for CFI Trainer, and I think it's pretty neat to know that right now. 54 people are online taking modules. We have 92,000 user registrations, of which we think 70 some thousand are actual people that are out there. And just this last month, and you think about it, it's been up there 10 years. Just this last month was the biggest month again of new users' signups. Um, and we had over 7,000 hours of training delivered to the fire service and to law enforcement, uh, people in investigation and insurance pretty awesome
1: and, month It's a course, wonderful yeah. month and, and my understanding was uh, for the last uh, ITC uh, there was an announcement that over a million hours of training has been given through CFI trainer is that correct
3: yeah we're now over 1.5 million hours and that's a actual completed credentialed pieces. Um, we know that there's a whole ton more of people who go in there and either they're afraid to take the test and they just want to get the education. But, yeah, we're we're up over 1.5 and the people who've actually gotten certificates.
2: That's great. I want to ask, Mark, what is, uh, if you could pick two things out of CFI Trainer, what are those two things that, that are appealing to you?
4: I enjoy the the modules uh just, for instance, one recently is the juveniles. Uh, I think that's a weak point for a lot of us, is dealing mm-hmm. with the juvenile fire setter. I think uh, that is that is one that I really like. And I like the, the ease of getting around the programs. Um, and it, it seems like there's always somebody there can help you if you have an issue. They're there to help. That's great. Wow. I think that's really that's, nice
3: to hear. I, and i, I like, got to give one more pitch out there, and that is to... The folks that really help make this happen, the folks at the IWI, Mike, you included, um, and all of the experts who donate their time are what really make what we do valuable. Um, those folks don't get paid, you know, like we do to do our productions. So that's incredible. And we also have an awesome team of production people. Some of them freelance, and some of them are, you know, working in my office. Uh, all of those folks. You know, very often I hear, oh, Rod's the one who does this. But, boy, I'm the one who gets to, gets to talk to you all and, and, and see, see what goes on. But we have a great team of folks that uh, support, support the program and its operations.
1: Well, you do do a lot uh, yourself because uh, you were um, silly enough to have me on as a uh, as on one of your podcasts on transitioning from from uh, pr- public sector to private, uh, along with Steve Carmen and I were on your uh, podcast. So there's a lot of podcasts going on too. That's training. For uh, fire and police, and and uh, and it's not for the general public, of course, because of um, you know the you know there's some sensitive information on there. But uh, Jason's a um, just real quick, uh, Jason. Uh, you've just heard that. I mean, you're from not familiar with it, but isn't
5: that something that you think that would be valuable? Yeah, absolutely. Them? It's great to see. You know, with the thanks to Al Gore and the internet, um, you know, <laughs> <laughs> these things are available all over the world, and we're able to share knowledge in a uh, not only to a broader audience, but at a much more economical level than ever before. So, yeah, you know, anything you can do in that in that uh, vein is fantastic. Yeah, I think so too. And
1: Rod, uh, and, um, we're going to make a break here in a moment, but uh, I wanted to say to you, please, uh, if you if you have time, uh, stick around with us. But uh, you know, um, you you have brought to fire. I was lucky enough to announce it. Uh, Dave Sneed got. Uh, put it in in service and and i was the one that was able to announce the launch way back there in 2004 to 5 and so i want to thank you so much for your your um your being there for us and continuing to be there for us and i know you put in a lot of time that you're not compensated for and i just wanted to say that
3: well i also know that you did a whole lot more than just announce it but
1: I'm sorry. Well, don't tell everybody. Don't you don't have to tell everything you know, man. Yeah,
2: we don't want to lose them.
1: No, no. Anyway, so God knows. Yes, and the membership
2: come, committee chairman says, let's not say anything.
1: Yeah. All right. <laughs> and, and 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 all right. So if you'll stick or, or not, you just uh, let me know. We're going to go to uh, to break now. Uh, uh, we're a little early. For the break, but that's okay. We can go now if uh, if, if our uh, engineer will let us, and then uh, and then we'll come back in a couple of minutes. So come back to speaking of fire.
3: We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android.
0: Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Fire Consulting International provides consulting and expert fire origin and cause investigations. Our experienced, certified fire investigators have specialized skills to meet litigation requirements. We also provide peer review of reports for other investigative firms to assure they meet NFPA guidelines and ASTM standards. Educational classes and CEU classes are also provided. For professional investigations, contact Fire Consulting International at fcifire.com or call 913-262-5200. FireAnalysis.net offers cutting-edge, comprehensive programs unique to the insurance industry. Our vendor vetting assures regulatory compliance with the Sarbanes-Oxley Act, NFPA guidelines, and ASTM standards. We ensure that investigators' reports are in compliance with those standards. We also offer comprehensive programs to assure compliance with your company guidelines. Please contact FireAnalysis.net. That's FireAnalysis.net.
3: Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market.
0: You are listening to Speaking of Fire with Mike Schlattman and Donna Ingram. To call in to today's show, Please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to connect at speakingoffire.com. Now, back to this week's program.
2: Welcome back to Speaking of Fire. Thanks for joining us. We we do still have Rod Ammon on the phone. Uh, Mike has a question he wants to ask.
1: Yeah, because we've talked so much about uh, the training of fire and police. Uh, Rod, I know that your Stonehouse Media does a lot more than that. Can you tell us a little bit about uh, your company?
3: Sure. I mean, you know, a big part of what has happened with us, Mike, is that our focus has really moved into this law enforcement and fire service um, and really safety and and health and education. And and we are expanding that. Um, We've done some things in the past with security. But Our number one priority is serving the clients that we have, so what we're doing currently is we're upgrading some of the technology so that we can handle the increased loads. Um, We do the technology, you know, and the network support. We built it so that it would be more television-like for a lot of the users, and uh, so, so as we do that and we're dealing with internet delivery, we have to keep up with telephones. Um, and the different types of things. So, you know, first thing we did was started working on making the program show up on iPads. And then we started getting to, uh, you know, what are we going to do with mobile phones as we move ahead? So technology-wise, we're just uh, doing what we can to keep up with the changes that are out there to keep serving the audience that that we're working with. We have some other private sector jobs that I can't really get into yet, but they're in development um, they're in similar areas. Uh, they'll be touching on both fire and security. and our future, um, we're hoping to work in some things with alternative energy and nutrition uh, we see those as, as potential really uh, you know good topics for the, for the public. Our, our most important goal when we're working with any association or foundation is we're tying together their goals and their website and their business application. To the value of training and education because what we've been able to show with the IAAI is that there's a real tie between you know leveraging and exposing all of the expertise in your organization and building these online networks and growing the overall membership and community. Um, and, and we, we think that that's a real valuable uh, a real valuable service for our clients in the future.
1: Absolutely and thank you for being there for all of us. And uh, now we're going to switch gears over to uh, uh, Mark Sweeney, who's the Fire Marshal of Overland Park uh, Fire Department in Kansas, and he's over uh, well, over thirty years' experience in in the fire service, since having been a volunteer and then and then a full time person, and uh, he's he was appointed the. Uh, uh, the PIO, I guess uh, you know, uh, it's it, everybody in fire service knows it's public information officer, but but uh, for the department, and he's been on TV locally, and and he, and sometimes they slaughter his name. I just want to let you know that. So, uh, Mark, just uh, you've already had one one. Uh, little a comment or a couple of them, uh, so people will now recognize your voice. But please Great. say hello to us.
4: Hello, everybody.
1: Uh, and then we here. have also in the studio is Jason Rhodes, and he's the uh, media manager for the Oberlin Park uh, Fire Department. He does he does uh, he has a he, he was in television news uh, for for many years, working for KMBC Channel Nine here, and was a cameraman. And um, he's, he does their fire training center and uh, uh, training products and public safety
5: information products, right? Yeah, absolutely. We, uh, we have a small TV studio at our training center, so I operate that. And then uh, the other hat I wear is also serve as public information officer. Right. So I've seen you on TV, too. I apologize
1: I know. Well, I think you have a, <laughs> a, a good face for TV. Not a, I don't. But uh, I, you look different without your
5: helmet. Yes, uh, Yes. yes, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, no, you're fine. You know, uh, hopefully, if things go well, you don't see me on TV a lot, A, because uh, that means uh, someone's not having a a tragedy, but also, um, much of what I do is just try to facilitate. So, uh, when we get media requests for uh, an expert in a subject matter, um, I will typically defer to one of our folks who is that subject matter expert and try and align the stars and get them to uh, to do those interviews. So, yeah, fantastic! And if not, you'll throw Mark under the bus. Jason right.
4: knows I just love this. Mark,
5: yeah. Mark is a <laughs> avid hunter of the camera. Oh, of course, all media things.
4: <laughs> we know.
1: See, if you know Mark, you know that he's not real crazy about. It's like me. He's not real crazy about the camera. We'll do Thing where we're a disembodied voice, yes, for
0: sure, right?
1: But uh, but uh, the, the face thing, yeah, wow.
4: I thought we were gonna have a makeup here today, just <laughs>
1: I got a great face for radio. Yeah, you it? do, yeah, okay. <laughs>
4: <laughs> go ahead. Go. I'm wa- not
2: real big on the camera either, and you know, we're going live in Las Vegas April the 12th for six Fantastic. hours. Nice, wow. I matter fact, I of fact, I think I'm gonna throw you with you go with us, but six hours uh, live. Talking to fire investigators with the IWAI, awesome. and, yeah. and I'm I'm actually not bothered by camera. You are.
1: Yeah. Well, t- you don't look like me. <laughs> <laughs> so well, this is the, Okay. This is this is the announcement. Then and we're six hours of um, six hours on TV and radio on April the yeah. twelfth.
5: It's like a telethon. Yeah. It yeah. Is. It is. Yeah.
1: yeah. Hey, great idea. Yeah. But it's Jerry Lewis. I promise. Yeah, I'm very. I'm like Jerry Lewis in a, in a way. I'm. I mean, I like French people, and and I'm popular in France. So how about that? And in in Sweden. Thank you for being there, by the way. Uh, and uh, UK and everybody that's listening uh, internationally. So uh, shout out to them. Yes, but anyway. But we're going to do six hours. We're going to do what is it? Nine to three or something like that. Except, um, yeah. Something like that. And uh, and so uh, we'll be. Um, Will be on TV and radio. Uh, Donna primarily on the TV, and I'll be the disembodied disembodied voice again. That's yes,
2: hopefully. And that's all pre-program. You're going out though on emergencies. Jason, so they know who I'm talking sure. to. You're going out on emergencies and talking live correct. to the news
5: crews, correct? Yeah, yeah, that's one of the hats I wear. So um, if we have an incident in our city or in our neighboring city um, of Merriam, which we also uh, contract fire service for. Uh, part of my responsibility will be to respond to those incidents, um, gather information, deal with any media requests and that, and that sort of thing. So yeah, that, yeah, definitely one of the hats over. Yeah, and then Mark, you, I've seen
1: you on TV now. You've been a you know, PIO for like 11 years, right? Or something like that. It's
4: been, yes, I've been thrown in those roles quite yes, a few and, times. Well, what's, what do you find to be the most challenging part of your, your job? The most challenging, I believe, is... Uh, knowing exactly what the media is wanting. I I, I know they've got an agenda. I feel that they do, and they want to know certain topics, and I want to make sure that I know what that is so I can hit what they're looking for and not make me look like I don't know what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. And, and
5: Jason, I, I imagine that you... imagine as you're part of that training right our training role that you know overland park does things a little bit differently than some emergency services um that i've seen so often in uh, both police and fire you'll have a person uh that is assigned to be the pio and that's usually a person that comes from the ranks of that service Mm -hmm. uh overland park fire kind of has a tradition of doing it a little differently they they hire someone to be their public information officer who has a media background and then they will train you about the, uh, with the fire knowledge. So, in other words, they're gonna, they'll teach you their subject matter expert, but they want to hire the the media knowledge that they don't have. Um, so, it's a little bit different approach, but uh, it actually makes a lot of sense when you think about it. Mm-hmm. So, they hired me uh, from the television news industry and that way I bring to that organization, some inside knowledge of how the media works—you know, the way they operate, their their uh, their modus operandi, if you will—and mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and they can teach me about the fire service at Overland Park. I think that's great. Uh, that's a great I idea. Too. I wish more fire departments did that. I, I yeah. go all over the
1: country, and sometimes I see some unusual comments made yeah. on TV by the uh, by the fire people. Uh, Rod, uh, you don't have any. You've got a. Don't you have a? I don't know if you have a module on uh, on uh, on
3: media or not. Do you? Let's see if I do here. Yeah. I don't remember. <laughs> I thought you were going to ask me about social networking. Um,
4: I'm not sure that we do. I don't think there is. I don't, well, yeah, I, I don't either.
1: Well, not that I'm trying to throw anything at you. Uh, oh, yes, I was actually off the off the wall because we're supposed to be spontaneous around here. But uh, yeah, social networking is is another way that fire and uh, and police yes. can uh, can relate to the community, right? Yes. And uh, you you do that too, don't you, Rod? Don't you do social networking? In fact, uh, optimizing uh, social networking and stuff.
3: Sure. Uh, we 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 help people with social networking i think it might be more interesting if one of these gentlemen talks about how they're dealing with it in their departments
5: yeah i think you know i know i can speak from the experience of our city only um having not served for other cities but i know that our city has a a fairly progressive um, attitude toward media relations in general and uh, you know we tend to view that as um we have a responsibility to the taxpayer to the customer you know to provide an open window into our operations where they they are the customer and they and so we owe them that that glance at what we're doing um, that accountability if you will i mean that's basic function of the media anyway in our society that free press is to provide that accountability so uh, so we don't look at it as a, um, a chore or uh, any kind of adversarial relationship. Uh, we look at it as a necessary thing, and, and in fact, it's a great way for us to get our uh, our great message out there that we are trying to be good stewards of the public trust, and we are, you know, being responsible with taxpayer money, and we're out there doing doing good things. So we use both the traditional media uh, for that, and, and now. Um, with the advent of social media, we're able to do that uh, as well uh, with a little more control over the messaging.
2: Yeah, it's interesting. I I lived in Shawnee, uh, Overland Park, moved to Texas, to the Dallas area, lived there for years, and now I'm back up here again. And these communities that I've lived in, I actually follow on social media. I know when there's uh, firefighter fatalities, officers down, law enforcement fires in different areas, and here I am, you know, wherever I've been, eight hours away, 500 miles away, and I know about these things because they're being posted. I also know the good things when there's, there's you know, drives for, for funding or things like that, so I think it's a great tool, and it does keep a community member apprised of what's going on, and, yes. and especially in lieu of, and I, I won't get us into this too deeply, but in lieu of what's happening with law enforcement and with fire service and, and the trouble we've had, it can only help. Perfect.
1: Yeah, as, as a matter of fact, well, you guys have never been accused of fake news yet. Okay, <laughs> <Not> <laughs> so, knowledge. Yeah. Yeah, so and, and, and I hope that never happens, although you got to be careful what you say
5: anymore. No, yeah. we work very hard to be really objective in in the reporting of our um, incidents and things that happen in our city. And and I think that's important, too. You know, as you develop a relationship with the media outlets in your area, you have to have that air of objectivity. If you uh, begin to to push push messages to them that have a, a real strong bias or seem very propaganda ish. Mm. Um, you know, journalists are are uh, they they smell that. You know, <laughs> they smell that out pretty quick, and so you sort of lose your credibility with them. Right. And pretty soon, uh, they they really. Kind of keep you at arm's length. So if you can, if you're objective in in the way you deal with them and open and honest, um, you gain a good reputation, develop a strong uh, relationship with them, and and I think we've really enjoyed that. You know, I come from a, a long line of people who have done what I've done, and they've built that program over the years. Yeah. And I think we enjoy a very good relationship with our local media, and and also through social media.
4: I, I think there's some other entities out there that we got to keep in mind. We work with our PD, our police department, Absolutely. with media because some of the criminal Criminals may be part of the fire so we've got to work together to get the same message out there's also our uh, district attorney which is real important to make sure they're in the loop of the conversation and what is released to media wise Um, and I'll I'll talk about a uh, case that we had Uh, actually someone set a house on fire and we uh, Jason was there at the scene and the media was there I walk by, we go up, start our investigation, and I get a call that there was some information that was given to the media that the DA didn't want to be given out, and <laughs> I was unaware of that. So I get with Jason, and we talk about it, <clears throat> Excuse me. and um, the reason our DA did not want the information given out because it was a criminal case, and they thought that it might uh, hinder what they have to go forth in that case. So, just a little right. So,
1: there there are some times, and I was a police t- a detective and uh, homicide and, and arson, and uh, I know that there are times you want to withhold some information because you want to know who did it, and right. and they will know the details, and if you don't put them out in the media, they're, they're the only ones that know the details, right? right. Is that correct? That is, yes. And, and is it not, um, well, I don't know, uh, Jason, do you come in on... Um, I know I've I've seen Mark on a lot of stuff. If there was a, a firefighter fatality, or if there were children uh, that were killed in a fire, or something uh, would 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 Mark be handling you that, or yeah, would you- absolutely,
5: we we would work on it as a department. So, um, you know, we unfortunately had a child fire fatality in our city um, a few years back. Um, And very sensitive subject, obviously. Uh, And so we don't, you know, just push someone out there kind of alone on that. We definitely uh, work in conjunction with each other and, as Mark said, with our PD and with um, any kind of, if there is uh, prosecution involved. But um, it's really important, I think, that we, uh, you know. Are transparent enough with the media, even if there's information that we can't share, that we just tell them why we can't share that information, and that generally will satisfy them.
1: That's great. Well, speaking along those same lines, Brian Shepard's one of the convicted killers of the six firefighters in Kansas City, Missouri. um,
2: 1988.
1: He he tried to he, he tried to get his resentencing hearing has already been held, but the judge is coming down on Friday. With his, uh, he took it under advisement, and he's going to come out with his decision as to whether or not he's going to to let him get resentenced, uh, or release him, or uh, whatever. Of course, now we would—that's uh, Friday at, at at two p.m. at uh, the federal courthouse in Kansas City, Missouri, on the seventh floor, seven C, Judge Gaetan's uh, uh, courtroom. Uh, we would like police and fire to turn out there in in. Um, in uniform. This is, uh, by the way, just coming out of me. This is the the no. The firefighters here did not know I was going to say this, uh, but I am. It's. I feel very strongly about about uh, supporting the uh, fallen firefighters and their families by being there just to see whatever the decision is. And I'm sure that Judge uh, Gaetan will make the proper decision. So.
2: And that's what people need to understand that it, about fire is that it is a weapon, and it it's.
1: Murder. No, it is murder. And and firefighters, when every time they roll out of the station, are putting their lives at risk. Even if they're just getting hit by a car uh, that hits the truck, or they have a heart attack because of uh, exertion at the scene, or something fall through a roof. Fall through a roof. Yes, mm-hmm. we've had uh, unusually, we've had some uh, firefighters uh, fatalities in our area. Uh, in, the, in the last, uh, it, more than a few in the last uh, Couple of 10 years, years yes. or so, mm-hmm. 20 years. Yeah.
4: And actually, I I was uh, the person who was put in charge of a firefighter death investigation. And it was uh, interesting how I worked with the media, how I worked with the other department, because if it was not my department that it happened in, we all, if you have that happen in your department, you usually bring in a, a, an outside agency to do that investigation. So it, it was interesting how the media related to that, how I had to, the information is given to that department to give to the media because I did not talk to them about it. It was through them that right. it, it all went. And Jason, you, you do products
5: inside your department, so, and you have a, a closed circuit network in your department to train? Yeah, actually, we do, uh, most of our stuff is delivered now over a YouTube channel. Um, mm-hmm. We can do that securely for things that are not for public consumption, and sure. then we have. Uh, public products also that are on on our uh, YouTube channel OPFD Media uh, on YouTube and there's all kinds of goodies out there. So uh, things uh, for for various groups. Yeah, all right. And
1: Rod, you're still doing you're doing uh, firefighter safety stuff. Um, you that's uh, that's to try to keep the uh, and the fire investigators too to keep them safe during the investigations. Correct.
3: Yeah, that's true. Uh, with the with with fire investigation, we do some things about scene safety. Uh, with the National Fallen Firefighters Foundation, Fire Hero Learning Network. Uh, That's all about health and safety, dealing with stress and uh, taking care of, you know, uh, the families of fallen firefighters, um, how to be there for them, um, and at the same time, you know, trying to make efforts to to save lives uh, of firefighters before they end up in trouble.
1: Yeah, well, as a matter of fact, we're going to have a fire death show on April 26th. Dr. John DeHaan going to be on uh, along with, uh, with Ron Sarnacki of the uh, Fallen Firefighters uh, Foundation. Uh, and so hopefully people will turn, tune in on, uh, on April 26th for that. Um, you wanted to say... Say something.
2: No, I wanted to trip over my shoe. <laughs> okay, That's what well, I was yes. doing. Thank she you. was tripping she over <laughs> her shoe. health right? and
5: safety <laughs> issue that we should probably engineer out. Yeah, yeah. well, <laughs> yeah, it's too that, late. We'll, it's gone it's already. has got a module on that. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, we'll do a whole module on tri- tripping during uh, broadcast. Uh, okay, so... <laughs> I usually do that on my tongue, trip over my tongue. Well, I
2: think it's interesting that he finds me trying to untangle myself from my shoes as a cue yeah. that I wouldn't ask a question. Well,
1: you usually le- far- lean forward. I just thought, oh, yeah, I didn't even realize falling out of your chair. Um, you got to quit drinking. Thanks, with- oh no, no, uh, Mark, I know that uh, on occasion, I've seen you on TV now, uh, what is your alias? My alias? Yes, because <laughs> you've been called different things.
4: have you you not well I'm sure if there were some folks call in here now they could probably tell those all to you but um,
5: Uh, I will tell you uh, what he's known as behind the scenes and and he's Uh cringing already uh, he was dubbed by the uh, fire chief, uh, we call Mark Sweeney, the dragon slayer. And that is because of his ability to go into some uh, tense situations with some unhappy customers. And Mark has a certain demeanor and a cool head and a very logical uh, way about him. And by the time he's done, everybody loves the guy and they're all happy.
2: Now, so see, that's a good thing. He's a
5: problem solver. He's there amazing, you go. Yeah. amazing right. guy, God. dragon slayer. That's terrific. I'm, about so, that? I'm so happy to hear that. I thought you're not he, blushing at all, Mark. No, oh, not, I bet no.
1: not. <laughs> yes, he, yes, he is. And it's it, hot in here. Now, you, yeah, it is. And, uh, particularly when you're on the spot. And, but, but yeah, we haven't <laughs> seen him I in a it. hospitality room then.
5: Oh, my apparently. gosh. I can only that, imagine. Yeah, no, he's no, he's mm-hmm. just a peacemaker. He is. He is, right. he singer, is fantastic. And, and I... I say that jokingly, but he is good. He is yeah. fantastic. Well, Jason, you've seen a, a
1: bunch of stuff when you've been on. Well, you've been a cameraman, mm-hmm. right? Uh, well, and from that aspect, I mean, you were you were actually out there on scenes of things, right? Correct. And and there were certain things that you probably couldn't shoot, right? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. and Use discretion. Uh, uh, With a uh, camera. Yeah. Yes. That as okay. well. Okay. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but I mean... It, have you ever had to you'd had to. You'd do raw
5: footage and then you'd cut it or edit it right correct yeah. did you, you ever know, know, a that, situation? You know that's a I mean you, I guess what you're maybe getting at it yeah. is that um, God knows where I'm going nobody knows really I'm that's just going to take us somewhere uh, so <laughs> you know you don't have to have a license to be a journalist right and right. so consequently you get journalists of all shapes and sizes and some of them are very ethical and, and act very <laughs> upright some not so much um, but you know, they have a responsibility to uh, be accurate and ethical, but there's also, it's a business, you know, and there's a competitive nature to that business. So we, as uh, folks who deal with the media and in the public service sector, need to be aware that um, while we do have that obligation to be transparent and and to deal with the media and put the best face on things, we do have to remember that it is a business and and it is competitive and sometimes um, they're going to be a little more aggressive than you might care for, but just keep it, you know, in mind that they are competing with their peers. Well, I know that it's uh, it, the fire department
1: doesn't. If it bleeds, it leads. Uh, that's not what the fire department's about. The fire department's about protecting the, telling the sure the the, the public what they need to know. But they certainly not sensationalism.
5: Right. Uh, you know, although uh, we understand that the media, um, you know especially television, it's a visual uh, medium. So, you know, pictures are important. So if if we want to push out a public safety message, say we've got an incident um, that uh, hints at a a public safety issue in our city and we want to highlight that, we realize that just putting out a news release saying, hey, uh, please make people aware of this, doesn't carry as much water as as if we're able to demonstrate that. If we can visually show them, um, something that illustrates that point that that garners a lot more attention and um, better yet if, if we're able to get someone who's uh, involved in one of those incidents to share their story uh, that is a very powerful way and so it's a fine line. I mean we want to be, uh, we don't want to sensationalize but we want to make sure that we are able to convey the information and that we can get the media's attention to share that information.
4: Actually uh, with that teamwork we've had uh, burn modules with the sprinkler Burn modules. When the IAAI, Kansas chapter has actually been a part of that and helped with those efforts, it was great. Yeah, it's, I I got them in the back.
1: Did you know that? Oh, there, you, you know, did. Modules. I have. The we modules. want to really win. Yeah, that's mine. <laughs> I got it. All right, so um, go ahead.
2: No, I, I was going to say, and I think. Um, well, I don't know if it's Overland Park or Nexa so We're coming up doing. We're going to do that again. I'm uh, the chapter secretary treasurer, yes. Kansas chapter, and. I think I heard that we're maybe this summer or fall, we may be doing that again. I think
4: it, you're right, but I can't remember if it yeah. was, I'm
5: not sure. Yeah, those great. are great opportunities, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. to educate. We were able to uh, have that partnership, do a great burn module, do a story with one of the TV stations. Mm-hmm. Uh, Channel 5 came out and did a, a really nice in-depth report. Uh, their focus was the difference in materials and how they burn uh, versus legacy materials versus the stuff that we have in our homes today. But it was a great chance for us to provide some of those educational pieces to people and just really push, again, the the need for smoke alarms and early warning. It, it actually won an award, if I remember right. It did, I believe We so. need
2: to That's bring fair. them back and talk about those specific Yes, yeah, not uh, just fire media that actually talk fire prevention with the two. Absolutely. Absolutely.
5: We, if, we, if you'd yeah. be so kind as to come back. Oh, you just be sure. sure. Let's just let's do the telephone. Let's go another six hours right now.
1: Right. Let's hey, do we'll game. do that. At, come to the ITC. Just, we'll just be on for six hours. He's
2: talking today. Let's do it.
5: Oh, yeah. I will be there in April, but <laughs> okay. Well, good. Oh, awesome. You guys are <laughs> picking up the <laughs> airfare and hotels, right? Yeah. I, well, um, uh, yeah. Mark is. He, yeah. uh, he does that stuff. We'll <laughs> have <her> people <laughs> contact. Balking. balking. Well, I'm going to tell you
1: guys, you're terrific, and and thank you for your service in the fire community, and also uh, for all the good stuff you're doing in in uh, public, and uh, including being on this show. Thank you very much, and Rod. Thank you for being there for us, uh, for for doing the modules, for staying with us, and and uh, we wish you continued success as usual, sir. Thank you for being here.
3: We're lucky to get to do what we do. Thank you both. Thank you, and, and you uh, too, uh, Mark, and Jason.
1: You bet. So likewise, Thanks. back at you. Yes, and so uh, this is what we're going to be doing next week. We're going to be doing a bomb explosion identification and fire testing, and we've got John Morris, an ex-ATF agent, uh, Steve Carmen, I mentioned before, from ex-ATF, uh, but he's out in Washington, and a great fire investigator, and Jamie Novak, uh, who has blown up a bunch of houses, uh, non-insured and for tests. Not, Yes, he doesn't make any money on that. And uh, and so uh, they're all going to be on here, and we're going to talk about bombs and identification, and and uh, and there are a lot of different ways that you can identify bombs, bomb makers, and things of that nature. And with terrorism uh, being uh, throughout the world, I hope that you guys will listen in. And
2: uh, oh, absolutely, and and that's a, I just want to put that out there that if people there's a myth out there about fire and bombs that evidence is destroyed and and it's not we will find it
1: that's right and yeah. so we're going to help you not set yourself on fire we're going to try and get you to we're <laughs> going to try and uh, identify some fire hazards for you we're going to t- tell you how to keep yourself safe and we're going to tell you that if you set a fire we're going to come and they're going to come and arrest you and we're not going to tell you how. You can't do that. So um, please stay safe. Change the batteries in your smoke detector when you're supposed to. Um, get a carbon monoxide detector, okay,
2: and stay. And they have to, March 12th. That is when it's spring forward. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Daylight savings. And, and so your deadline is March the 12th. To Change your batteries and your Do smoke
5: detector. Do it. Do it. Do it. And it's cheapest that's, form of life insurance you can get. Absolutely. That's a true. I terrific. stole that from one of our firefighters. Great life. <laughs> it, it's a
1: great idea. I mean, I, well, it's stolen now. I mean, you'll never get credit for it. I don't want credit. Share it. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and
2: thanks for uh, listening to Speaking of Fire, and we'll see you next week.
1: Yes. Please come back to Speaking of Fire. Thanks, Mike and Donna.
4: Thank, Thank you. you.
0: Thank you for tuning into Speaking of Fire. Please join your hosts, Mike Schlattman and Donna Ingram, for another edition of our program next Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Remember to be careful this week and every week.